Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we are back with Ted Vanson, paranormal investigator, a minister, radio host, author, of course, the name of his book I just mentioned, Flashlight Recorder and Comfortable Shoes. He's been researching and investigating back since 1987, a very strong believer that we must stop thinking about fantasy creatures and concentrate on trying to approve or disprove the unknown. He says using some simple old school items and techniques can help us along the way. We'll talk about all of that. Ted, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you, sir? Good. I'm looking forward to this. How about yourself? You doing all right? Yes, same here. Yep. How did you get involved in investigating on the paranormal side? Um, I actually kind of stumbled on it. Um, basically, uh, when I was a child, I just had that desire to uh, know more. I saw an apparition of my grandmother when I was seven years old and wanted to know what happens next. You know, you start thinking about, you know, death and stuff when you kind of grow up as a teenager, and it just kind of developed from there. And you sound like you have fun doing it. At the same time, I have a blast doing it, and it's only because my desire and my passion for it and commitment is is really strong. Well, good for you. Now, when we label the paranormal, there's all kinds of subject matters. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of possibilities. To you, what does paranormal mean, Ted? Well, back back in the day, and I say back in the day, I mean like the '80s, late '80s, early '90s. Um, I wasn't used to the word paranormal. I was used to the word unknown. And, you know, you watch TV shows like In Search Of and stuff like that on TV, and it was always called the unknown, you know. And so that's that's the way I think about it is the unknown more than paranormal, I guess. Now, we were talking about simple techniques using old school items. What do you mean by that? Well... If if you know what items are used today, um, gadgetry, new things that were developed. Computers, everything. Um, yeah, between computers, tablets, um, even their cell phones today with apps, um, K2 meters and millimeters and, you know, just REM pods, just so many different gadgets. And here's the thing, is that you can spend $300 on one piece of equipment. If you're a really interested in investigating and really doing this for, I guess, the right reason, which would be, you know, trying to uh, discover the answer to life after death, you don't have to go to the extremes of spending all that money. Um, Not to start out. I mean, sure, eventually, you know, you might want some of that stuff. But in the beginning, you just use the stuff that is real simple stuff, like a balloon or a couple magnets yourself. So so it really doesn't have to be that sophisticated or even that high-tech, no. right? No, it doesn't. No, I, I learned that you can use the simple things that you've already got in your home instead of going out and spending all that extra money. Will a recorder, one of these old tape recorders, then do just as well to try to capture an EVP sound than these you know, high-end digital recorders these days? Well, 
there are several um, new digital recorders that are fantastic. But, you know, the old, um, what was it, the magnetic tape that's in it? I mean, yep. like, that stuff is like, that's old school, and that stuff was just amazing back then. And if you're used to using it, why change now? Um, and it, it's kind of hard to find those recorders now, but back in 87, all you had was that big flat, tape recorder, remember, and you had to push the buttons to record everything? That's right. You'd really <laughs> hold them down to get them going. Yeah. I had a, yeah. I had an old Sony tape recorder that I used during my radio reporting days, and I just kept it. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was about almost about the 10 inches long by about 6 inches wide. And, you know, yeah. you put the cassette in there and off it go. But you really, if you wanted to record it, you had to push the red button and the play button at the same time and really click it in. But... It was a great sound. I mean, it sounded fantastic. Yeah, and but you only had what thirty seconds or forty-five or thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. minutes but then you had five. to flip it. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to do that. Yeah. Where the new digital recorders, you don't have to do that, which is amazing. Which is great technology, and you know it's great for what we're doing today. So you know, my book is says flashlight recorder and comfortable shoes. It's it's definitely you know if you read the book. That's what we're telling you is is what you really need right. to get out there to do. Well, and it it seems like a very inexpensive, simple way to get involved in paranormal investigating. Right. You know, even just a you know a ghost hunting, if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, just that. You know, that's still a simple, you know, guideline to use. You know, it's uh, it's very basic, and that's I think if if the way I think is that. Sometimes the simple things um, can get you more evidence than going into the extremes and spending all that extra money. Ted, do you find that people are interested in paranormal investigating more or less than 10, 20 years ago? Oh, it's definitely more. Um, recently, what, there's like 10 ghost hunting shows on these days, and yeah. you know, 10, 20 years ago, there wasn't. You were lucky if you know, you saw In Search Of, or what was the other one, uh, Most Haunted, which came out of uh, Britain, you know, and, and so it was, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's kind of like a fad almost today. Now, when somebody is ghost hunting or being a paranormal investigator, is there a difference here between the two? I like to think there is. Um, for me, it's there's a couple things. Uh, one is, if you're a ghost hunter, um, which isn't a, a great term, but or a great title. If you're a ghost hunter, then you're pretty much looking just you know to go out and find ghosts. Um, I believe that if you're actually um, collecting data, taking it seriously, then you're on the right path. But if you're doing it just for the adrenaline and just to, you know just to be scared and stuff like that. Uh, I guess that's that's okay too. That's ghost hunting, but paranormal investigation is a wider area. It's not just ghost hunting. It's Bigfoot, you know, the cryptozoology, the uh, psychic phenomenon, the UFOs. The it's all of that. So yes, the separation would be paranormal investigator would be investigating everything in the unknown, and the ghost hunting or ghost hunters would be that of just you know hunting ghosts or haunted houses. Sure. How many people take this seriously, though? Because I would think that a lot of younger people who want to get involved in doing this 
are doing it because they think it's fun or, you know, it's, it's the thing to do. Is I it? think the majority of the generation that's out there now, I mean, you have to remember they were raised on, you know, the Ghost Hunters series and stuff like that, and I think they're doing it for the fun. Um, there is, it seems to be, like with, with my organization, it seems that there's a, a much younger um, bunch of people coming into it, I would say, between 20, 20 years old, 30 years old. I mean, so yes, it's become more popular in that generation. And I think they're taking it serious, and I would hope they would be. Um, the people that are involved in my group are. But still, I find that uh, I have investigators that are 60, 65 that are still doing it. And enjoying it. Yeah, completely enjoying it. And doing it for the right reasons in which, when I say that, I mean they really want to spend the time to go over the evidence and to really try and find answers to these phenomena. Now, when you've been on your own investigations, have you seen anything strange that you would definitely call something ghostly? Mm, I can tell you that I've seen things that I can't explain. Does that help? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. There's... I mean, what, what happened? Give us the, uh, the example. Well, um, I'm doing a research project now going on three years at a house that's up in upstate New York, and um, we were investigating the house. Um, I was actually outside. We have a, a mobile unit, and I was actually monitoring um, the monitors, and I had two investigators in the house, and within that investigation, um, I saw something like a black shadow, I guess is the best way to describe it, but you couldn't see through it. It was completely black. It crawled up the wall and um, to the seam of the ceiling and the, the wall where it comes together. It kind of crawled across there and kind of melted into the wall. Jeez. And I've never seen anything like that before in my life over the 30 years I've been doing it. And it uh, that was probably the, the, the most shocking of anything that I've seen, I should say. And it, uh, it was really strange. It was, you know, like a size of an 8-year-old child, two legs, but four arms, and you couldn't see through. It was completely black. Clearly, this happened to you. You weren't yeah. hallucinating or dreaming or anything like that. No, because we took the necessary steps afterwards to try and prove or disprove what I was saying. Because you just can't, uh, you know, go with your your first thing, you know, your first instinct. And, and yes, you think you see it, so you beat yourself up on it. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute, I was recording this, and uh, let's get the let's get some techniques and some devices going, and let's see what we can find out. Let's get some evidence if we can. And we went in with some devices, and we basically, you know, where this thing went up the wall and into the ceiling, we used like a K2 meter, basically a, an EMF detector, and we used two different types. We used them, and these things were off the charts. They were pegged all the way over in the red um, to the highest that you can go. And at the same time, while they were doing that, we were reviewing the video to make sure that I wasn't, just, you know, clearly seeing this in my head or imagining it. And the video did not record it. But the devices we had clearly showed that something was there. Something was happening. And when we were done with the, the readings, we waited for a little bit because we called the owner to see if we could actually take a part of uh, a, a 
certain section of the wall mm-hmm. to see if there was any electrical wires or anything in there that would make this happen. And she gave us the permission, so we checked it out. And you have to guess, it was about an hour. We went back in, we cut the hole, we checked. There was no wires, no electricity in there whatsoever. And when we did a second reading on the wall, it was zero all the way across the board. So it went away. So it went away. So from the time that we that I saw it and it was there, we had readings. There was something there. I mean, but when we went back in to actually do the investigation some more and, and, and get into the wall and see what might be making this happen, and then using the meters again, completely nothing, zero. And so now I'm kind of sitting here like, I've seen this. You know, was I imagining it? But I can't believe I have. I've I've played this over and over and over in my head. And no, I, I, I know I've seen it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more.